Welcome to Season 1, Episode 9 of Desi Movers and Shakers. I am your host, Sunil Sadarangani. This episode is brought to you by Podcash as a collaboration between Racket and Stir. Podcash gave away $100,000 to up-and-coming podcasters as a way to support insanely creative and inspiring podcasters. Desi Movers and Shakers is humbled to have been a part of the Podcash winners. Go to podcast.com to stay up to date with future podcast happenings. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-H dot com. Daisy Movers and Shakers is about dynamic entrepreneurs and individuals from the Indian subcontinent making a difference and creating legacies. Today's guest, Priya Darshani Roy, is a powerhouse of talent. She is not only an actor, singer, dancer, model, producer, and four-time pageant queen while preparing for her Bollywood debut in 2022, but also has an MFA in digital cinema and is a doctoral candidate pursuing her PhD in strategic media. Welcome to the show, Priya Darshani. Thank you so much, Sunil. It is a pleasure to be on your podcast, They See Movers and Shakers, and I look forward to interacting with yourself and to your audiences as well. Yeah, thank you. Oh, my God. I was reading your intro and I was out of breath reading all of the amazing achievements that you have achieved thus far and probably even achieving as we speak. So congratulations to you on that. Thank you. I'm sorry. It's a long intro. but <laughs> No, I mean, it's it was like, I was like, wow, okay, and this and this. I mean, what what can't you do? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I also read your your resume, um, you know, I was, I was uh, checking out On your my website. website. Right. And then uh, you also have a bachelor's in science and some uh, thing that I don't even I can't even even begin to, <laughs> you know, so uh, you are a science queen, you're a passion queen, you're a beauty queen, you're an actress. <laughs> so tell me about all of that, your beginnings, like what, where, where you started from and how, like what got you here where you are right now today? I think the best way to summarize it is that I am successfully struggling. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I think that is every artist. I think you see the success and you see the glories and the public accolades, but you don't see the silent suffering or the silent sacrifices that we all make to be able to um, devote time to our passions and make that our careers. So I'd like to first give that disclaimer to audiences that I know these these lists of accomplishments or things on my resume, they sound wonderful, but I don't want to negate from the fact that it takes an insurmountable amount of dedication, drive, persistence, patience, and perseverance to achieve even some of those things. And I'm not saying that I'm some mighty person, but I think it's the summation of my struggles, which has like fueled my patience and my perseverance to achieve something greater than myself so that I can pass it down to other generations because it's not always about me. I'm not always going to be in the limelight. It's about how you take that mic forward and you pass it on so that your legacy remains, even if you don't. That's exactly, yeah. And that's exactly why also I'm doing this uh, podcast, especially, you know, um, South Asians now, are really getting into the into the spotlight in the mainstream and also just felt that you know we need to as you said you know create those legacies and that's my actually as you have heard that's my uh part of my you know promotional tagline for the podcast so absolutely right on point and it's not i it's 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 not just like 
snap of your fingers and it's done. You know, it's an everyday process. And even probably you achieving your, you know, your degrees, your education, going out there, pursuing it's it's not rocket science. I mean, it's not it's not that it's not rocket science. I mean, what I meant was it's not just a, uh, just go there and then you get that gig, you know, or you get that opportunity. It's hard work. Um, like I said, an insurmountable amount of hard work. And yeah. that's what I want to encourage uh, youngsters out there. I'm not old or anything, but I just want to encourage my peers um, and other people within the industry who are thinking about whether this entertainment industry is for them. I'd like to say that um, people always talk about my degrees and how I started with a being a pre-med student. I got my bachelor's of science in health science and pre-medicine. And my goal was to become a cardiac surgeon and life had other, you know, inspirations for me. And I felt like that wasn't my calling because every time I tried to go towards that path, there were some, I would only say godly obstacles or redirections that always mm -hmm. projected me to believe that this isn't meant to be. It wasn't just something like, okay, as simple as um, applying and not getting in. I actually got my secondary applications and when I decided that it wasn't my path. So I geared all of my attention towards being good at the craft and the talents that God had gifted me with and just harnessing it every single day, seizing the opportunities, going out there to network and project yourself with hum like humbleness and humility. Mm -hmm. Because if you just go in with an arrogant attitude and thinking like, you know, the egotistical me, 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 then it's not for you because the entertainment industry is a people industry. And above all, it's also a business. So you really need to know how to do all of those things for yourself. It's not enough to just have those talents. You have to be hardworking and know how to utilize your talents to the best of your abilities. And since you asked about my specific journey, I grew up, you know, going to singing classes. I learned Rabindu Sangeet, Bengali classical music, as well as Hindustani semi-classical and American classical and contemporary music. I was a part of many different reality shows like American Idol, X Factor, The Voice, Saragamapa North American Edition. And I kept doing those things on weekends while, you know, I had to have straight A's in my class on the weekdays. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I remember yeah. being so busy as a kid that I never like sought out external validation from peers because as an Indian American raised, even in Los Angeles, I faced a lot of bullying mm -hmm. because we were different because we were the yeah. first wave of a immigrant generation and we were figuring out our quote unquote place. Mm -hmm. And I always held my roots close to me because that's what my parents instilled. So as soon as I got home, English was not allowed. It was great. We were yeah. speaking in Bengali. We were speaking in, local, in Hindi. Yeah. Mother tongue. Yes. Mother that's tongue is excruciatingly important because it yeah. not only keeps you close to your roots, roots. but it also instills a value and love for your culture. And I thank my parents for doing, I mean, thank is a very small world. There's nothing you can do to ever thank your parents, but I'm so blessed that they forced us to not speak English. There were times where my brother and I would, you know, say like, Hey, I'm hungry. What's for dinner? And then my parents would pretend like they didn't hear a word. Right. <laughs> let, let them keep talking English. And let we'll, them keep talking. They'll still be hungry for another They'll be hungry hours. and they'll figure it out, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah. it was uh, one of those, you know, uh, it's great for us. We don't, have to clean, you don't have to make food. Oh, you don't have to serve. You don't have to do anything. 
right, right. And it was one of those um, tough love lessons. I was born in New Delhi and I immigrated in Los Angeles when I was about two and a half, three years old with oh, my wow. parents. And yeah. that has been our legacy in the sense of passing on our joint culture. We come from a Bengali background, but my parents and I were um, born in New Delhi. My parents were raised there. So I grew up in a very multilingual family where Bengali and Hindi were predominant. And oh. it was an equal balance of both. And I also, you know, grew up listening to Punjabi music because if yeah. you're from New Delhi, then you have you a got... lot of Punjabi cultural influences Influence. in, your, yeah. in your dialect, food, music, mm. everything. So it was a very multicultural upbringing. And then even on weekends, um, I was going for my Bharat Natya training and I was a part of the South Indian culture as well, Tamil mm. culture. And one of my gurus was also Gujarati. So it was a very diverse Mul Indian multicultural experience growing and, up. And, and that's such an important point you just brought up within our, you know, uh, us being Indian in the whole cultural space and sphere. We, we are so diverse within our own you know um subcontinent sub, yeah and uh we've got uh, multi-languages you've got the different cultural you know nuances that you know are so specific and distinct to those communities bengali gujarati north indian south indian the music is different so a lot of people like outside of our subcontinent they now they know but it's it, it it's still very it, there's so many details that are you know these small little things that are that differentiate us as a, as you know as a culture but we also have this one strain that that connects us together you know and that's i think the beauty of you know where we come from i agree and i think that's what my purpose in my life was is and that's what i'm following through so going back to my journey after i decided not to pursue my medical profession i uh, went back to school during the pandemic to complete my master of fine arts and digital cinema. So I went mm. to the stereotypical film school and I learned the art and craft of cinematography, editing, direction, acting, script writing, music, sound, etc. And really understood that art, whether that is through storytelling methods of film, music, writing, any type of storytelling method takes so much of a collective effort. And it's not about the person in front of the camera. It takes a whole tribe to create something that resonates with audiences and stays with them. Yeah, and this, despite that, I went to film school actually after I completed uh, producing four commercials for Sony TV USA. Wow. And I, it was a crash course because, you know, I've been an actor in the industry for. And then you were a producer hat. 12, 14, <laughs> yes. About like 12 to 14 years because I was so young when I did all of my reality television through music. And then that led to other opportunities. I was on a reality show with ZTV. Mm. I've toured um, with many Bollywood playback singers like Shankar Mahadevan, Pritam, Sean, Sonunigam, et cetera, awesome. et cetera. Yeah. And it gives you a lot of field experience, right? Yes, There's so absolutely. much that your education can teach you. There's so many things that degrees and theories and- But nothing like teach you. being in the, in the trenches, being on, 
on the ground. True, true. And I up think, your sleeves and getting the work done. Yeah, getting down gritty and dirty. But I think yeah. it's a balance because yeah. if you look at our history, whether you look at the European Renaissance or even our Vedic history, where anybody who was affiliated with art was also a scientist because they mm. studied their craft, whether mm-hmm. that is Michelangelo, Da Vinci, or you have some of the Greeks like, you know, Janakya and the art of governance and the art of civics and the art of politics. True. I think all of these people were astoundingly intelligent beings and therefore their art transcended generations and still resonates with people today. It's only been in the recent history where you see a lot of people in Bollywood, Hollywood, or any of the entertainment industries have this culture of okay so but i need to the matlab actor so exactly. that translates to like yeah. if you haven't yeah, studied just become an yeah. actor mm-hmm. and i think that is that defeats the purpose because you have so like so much of amazing talent if you just look at bollywood right now you know the late shashank singh rajput he was an engineer yeah. you have yeah. karthik aryan's engineer kriti sanan's an electrical engineer and I think it's really important to showcase that education is important. I don't think Absolutely. it replaces anything. I don't think yeah. it makes you a you know-it-all, but it definitely teaches you how to be more worldly because you meet so many people that are not from your background. Yeah. So after exactly. completing my film school, I'm doing my PhD in strategic media, and I'm speaking yes. with people who yeah, have done you know broadcast journalism have been on television or want to own their own their own network one day and they think streaming platforms allow that independent media to flourish whether that's through social media or through you know like your podcast mm-hmm. or other media genres to kind of proliferate where you don't need the big bucks from corporate offices to have your voice be heard. And I think that's important for everyone else to understand that this all serves a purpose. So whether that is through degrees or field work, the most important thing is how are you going to use your voice to help other people? people, And what are the stories that you're sharing? If it's just the regurgitated remixes, then we've all been there and done that. And that's why they're not popular today. But if you're bringing authenticity into your interactions, that's what stays and resonates with people across the globe. Yeah. And uh, I know that we met um, at the Indian Film Festival of LA this year, a couple months ago, two, three months ago. And uh, I saw you work uh, on the days of the event and I observed and I was like, okay, this is, she, she's different. I, there's something in, even, even, even in the way you were interacting with uh, the talent, you know, walking the red carpet, all of that. And even post, you know, off of all of that and just kind of working with the people and what you said earlier about it's all, it's, it's, we are in the business of, of interacting with people and it's, it's, it's a very organic process. So tell me uh, about your, because you were, um, you were, you were part of the marketing department or you were heading a, 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 a segment of that, right? What were you, what was your job? So- So my job for the Indian Film Festival of Los Angeles was to be the media marketing and community outreach manager. So I handled two different departments simultaneously, which was a task in itself. But Christina and I, the um, executive uh, director of the film festival, we go back over a decade when I first walked the red carpet for IFLA as Miss India Southern California. Yeah. And that's where I originally met Christina and um, specifically also Anshul Chan, who is the 
um, co-founder of the Ruckus Avenue radio group, where I also have a special segment on as their radio correspondent. So it's interesting, like I said, that this is a people's business and you never know the connection that you make and how far down the line they come back and you all end up working together. And uh, the one thing I've always mentioned specifically about Los Angeles is that if you're anybody that is somebody, you know, everybody. And that's yes. how close knit this circle is, especially within the Indian American community, because what you'll see at IFLA is I was reconnecting with a lot of people who I have met and grown relationships with. I was the media marketing and community outreach manager, but I also had established relationships with all of the media partners prior to even taking that role on because of the work I was doing outside. So as a pageant queen, as a um, actor, producer, and I always, since I'm a singer as well, I did the Indian American national anthems at various, various events with a lot of political dignitaries and community organizers, leaders, uh, Bollywood celebrities attended. So I was very familiar with some of the top-notch media sponsors that IFLA already had. Like I knew the owners on a first-name basis. They know either my father. Yeah, yeah. It was, I wouldn't say it was easy, but it does create that connection. So let's say- For example, the importance of networking, right? Um, And entertainment. So if you have a relationship, a professional relationship with some of uh, these organizers, community partners, or media sponsors, they'll respond to your email. So if say the owner of a specific media um, group is CC'd on an email and you're, you know, emailing somebody in, you know, the different position, different leadership positions, right? And there's a delay in response that the average person may face. Say they might have a turnaround time of an email of a week. If you know that person, you'll get a turnaround time of 24 hours to 48 hours and get the Absolutely. job done sooner. Absolutely, it's two days, yeah. You will have that. And that's the benefit of relationships because it puts your foot in the door and it get actually gets the ball rolling if you are proactive. And I don't mean to say that just because you have relationships, Uh, professional acquaintances or anything, you have to take it to that next step and you have to follow through. A lot of people go into this thinking like, Hey, I met somebody at the after party or a bar, like how we met at the after party and even during the other events, it's about introducing yourself to other people and being open because you don't know who the next person is. And even if they're, even if you perceive them to be not as famous as the big Bollywood celebrity that is there, you never know what that person can go towards because as a human being, that's what matters first is humanity. Absolutely. And, you know, um, I always, uh, so, uh, Someone told me, you know, way back, uh, actually a lot of, I have many mentors, so, you know, but they've all, they've all told me, uh, always be nice to people uh, on, because, you know, you just never know, you know, who is going to be of help to you. And also it's just that niceness comes from inside. You just cannot be a fake nice. You have to put, produce that genuine, authentic be nice to someone, respectful to someone, because that's what you're going to get from other people as well. So, you know, do you want to receive that, you know, that cold, harsh, whatever reaction from people? You just got to be like, put yourself out there the way how you'd want to be respected. And that's what I took from, you know, a lot of people I worked with who are have been my mentors all these years, and also friends of mine, you know, who I talked to and uh, just talk about life and everything because you know everybody's got their own experiences and it's always great to kind of receive that and get that from people because 
you that's that's actually that is your school that is your learning ground you know when you, as you said going outside aside from your degrees and all of that what you learn in class or online now but it's when you're interacting with people and what they tell you you just there's something there is this could be something that they they tell you that resonates and clicks and then you make notes and then you take it you know out into the world when you're when you're working or just life you know so i think that's that what you said uh, is so important to do coming from that place uh, of being authentic. I think that is the best. I, I don't know if it's the best advice or the right suggestion for my peers or the collective, because there's no way you can learn to be a good human being if you aren't one already. Yeah. And I think it happens when you face those struggles behind closed doors, when you face the rejections, when you face all that negative stuff, all the things that have caused a negative impact on your life can either propel you or stagnate you. And that's a decision that you have to make. So if you internally process, okay, this person didn't treat me right, or I got rejected from this audition or, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You cultivate that energy, you synergize it and you transform it because just like the laws of physics, energy is mm -hmm. not created or destroyed, it's only transformed. So if transformed, you take that yeah. negative energy and you transform it and you harness it and add your own magnetism to it, it's not what happens to you, it's how you respond to it. It's not about how you're yeah. reacting. There's always gonna be people in entertainment who are gonna throw a fit. And I think it goes to show that pressure can create diamonds or it can burst pipes. Mm -hmm. So it depends who you want to be and how you allow that. And when you see me working the red carpet, whether it was at IFLA or otherwise as a pageant queen or just as a singer um, inaugurating events with you know national anthems, which is a huge responsibility in itself, there have been multiple instances where people have tried to cross me and do all these things. And mm -hmm. it's not the fakeness that pageantry teach you, teaches you to smile. It's to learn that you need to fight for yourself using your wisdom, using your words, using your dignity, using your respect. And like I said, paying it forward. Um, for example, at IFLA, there were a lot of social media influencers that I had met during one of the events of networking. Mm -hmm. And they said, hey, I really wanted to go to the after party. And I, that was under my jurisdiction, by the way. I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't propagating it. I wasn't publicizing it. It was just under my jurisdiction. Yeah. I'm just mm -hmm. listening quietly and, you know, right. meeting people and absorbing the information. And they uh, mentioned it to me. And I said, you know, you're a social media influencer. Why don't you become a part of our community partnership and influence the people or the audiences of IFLA, what, you, what IFLA means to you and what events you're looking forward to so that we have a direct incentive. So if you want a privilege, know that it comes with a responsibility and mm -hmm. the power to do something with it. So when I wanted to walk the red carpet 10 some years ago, before I went through the whole spiel of asking for permission, emails and mm -hmm. performing with ruckus um, for the opening night and then being able to finally go through the hoops and loops to be able to walk the red mm -hmm. carpet on the closing night. Right. So when God gives you an opportunity, he's actually testing you to see if you're worth that medal. Yeah. So if you want to walk the red carpet or you want to go to an after party, what are you giving in return? Right. So if you can prove to me that you're able to give something because at the end of the day, this is a business. So this I'm, is a business. I'm, yeah, so you, you need to yeah. understand that there's a give and take, even if it's free. Right. Yeah. Even if there's no money involved, even if there's, um, you know, no monetary incentive. Big, but if big. you want promotion, you have to equally be able to promote the platform that you're on as well Absolutely. or do something positive with it. And, and it will benefit 
the other party too. I mean, it would benefit those influencers if they were strategically aligned with the festival, you know, so. Definitely. And then that's what I wish I had, you know, not even specifically at IFLA, but for different events throughout my, you know, trajectory and how I plan to move onwards and upwards as I make my Bollywood debut later this year, I've had people consistently say no to me. And I would take it personally at first because like, oh my God, like, what am I doing wrong? And you go through all this mental turmoil and then you realize it's not a definition of who you are because only you can define who you are and Mm -hmm. what you're going to take. But I wish some people had given me opportunities. So if I had asked um, a leader or someone empowered, like, hey, this is what I do and what I bring to the table. Can I do this? And it would be no for like the silliest and stupidest of reasons, Sonia. Like Mm -hmm. I'm not even, it would just be an excuse just to get you, shoo you away. You know, like, oh yeah, yeah, you know. Oh, I know that I have experienced all of that, all of that. All (laughs) of that. And so for me, if I come to a place of power, whether it is through leadership, I think leaders command respect and dictators demand it. So for me, I aspire to be a leader. And if somebody comes to me saying that, hey, I would like this without knowing that it's in my jurisdiction, I, I, like I said, I didn't publicize those things, but Mm -hmm. I said, okay, this person has some talent. They're asking me to do something for them. And this is God's way of seeing if I'm worthy of the next step. Do I give back as I move forward? Or am I just trying to hog up everything? Then I will digress. So I said, look, this is, if I can genuinely help, I never hesitate to do so. And I think that's something that everyone in entertainment should do. And that's how you keep paying it back and Uh, moving forward, because if we as Indian Americans, South Asians, people of color do not support one another, we cannot wait for someone to, you know, open the door, open the chair, let us join the table. That's not going to happen. Absolutely. And that's what I keep saying is that we as as a community need to have each other's backs. Otherwise, outsiders will say, oh, that's, you know, the whole British colonial thing. Oh, yeah, we can come in, divide, conquer. And, you know, we, we see the cracks. Let's go in there, you know. So it's it's we need to be unified. And and now in this day and age, we can look at this, look what we are doing right now, you know. And uh, I think that's what you just said was definitely, I feel, what you're pursuing in your um, as doctoral and in, in PhD in strategic strategic media. I think that what you just said, what you did with those, what you told the influencers, that is such a, you know, that that comes with all of that, that probably you're learning, or you might even, you know, uh, contribute to your to your studies. And I think it's 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 a as you go out into the world, you're doing it simultaneously, you're studying, you're seeing both the sides you know, in class and outside in the practical world. I think that is, uh, you know, yes, you are doing everything and that's amazing. I, I really, I'm really um, honored to be talking to you. in this. No, manner. I'm honored that you reached <laughs> out and we connected and if yeah. we stayed in touch over social media. And I think, again, going back to the strategic media degree is we see the power of social media to be able to connect people across yeah, yeah. geographic barriers or language barriers or any type of perceived obstacles, right? If you wish to connect with someone, all it takes is you taking that first step and asking because you're not going to lose money. You're not going to lose no. pride by asking. And I feel like a closed 
mouth does not get fed. So all of uh, people who aspire to do something in entertainment, you have to do your own promotion, marketing, PR, whatever it takes for yourself, because the celebrities that you follow are paying hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars to have external forces do that for them. It's just Mm -hmm. in your face so consistently that you don't notice that it's marketing, it's PR, it's paid promotions. I did that for my short for short films I've made over the over the last 10 years I've been here. I did everything. I did my own promotion. I did my own events. I put it up there. I put it out there. I you know, you just you just have to do it because no one else is going to do it. You don't have you know, there's no backer. There are no backers. So yeah, I absolutely. I did the same thing for my MFA. I was smack dab in the pandemic. And as you know, for film students, you have to make films. Yeah, <laughs> it's a graduating to. thesis project. Of course, there's a written aspect of it. But what's the point of going to film school if you've never made a film in your life? Yeah, so yeah. two of the films I had to do were in the middle of pandemic. So we had so many external factors. And I know this is a first world problem to have, right? In the middle of a global pandemic where there's so many people who are plagued with uh, COVID-19 and all the other monetary restrictions and all the other like problems that people in society have faced across the globe. This is a very, I realized, first world problem that we had to figure out how to film. We had to figure out how do we shoot our projects? What kind of creative liberties or creative out-of-the-box thinking can we do to be able to still deliver? And that concept of being able to deliver regardless of your circumstance, regardless of your situation, is a life lesson, not just a film lesson. So two of the short films that I had done, you talked about colonization. It's interesting because my thesis film was called Colonized, the Largest Genocide. And it didn't focus on just India or the Indian subcontinent, Hindustan, which is formerly uh, Pakistan is known now, Bangladesh, you know, Sri Lanka. Mm -hmm. But even in ancient Mm -hmm. times, Mm -hmm. India was one of the leading countries, civilizations that propelled modern medicine, science, et cetera, et cetera, like many of the other ancient cultures and societies. Mm -hmm. So the log line, basically people ask, well, why are you calling it the world's largest genocide? What does colonization have to do with that? Right. And my answer was always, (laughs) I was born in a country that was colonized and I was raised in a country that was also colonized. So this is not a geocentric theme. Why? Because... Right. Uh So it's it, it, you know, it it's crazy how people fail to see how colonization has affected and crippled many of the pioneering ancient civilizations that were way above the West. And now that the West is catching on to things like coconut oil and rose water and golden Mm. turmeric lattes. Where did it come from? Where did it come from? You know, people are figuring out what the God particle is. Well, you know what Vedic science teaches us is that I am the universe and the universe is within me there are many so, layers that people don't understand that that whole colonization what what you know where where what was the thought of doing that act of coming in and you know uh destroying or changing destroy- the whole conditioning Right. I mean, if you think about, I refuse to call England Great Britain because there's nothing great about their colonial history. Great. That is not to negate anything of the current population there. I'd like to make that, uh, you know, just putting it out there. I'm not against the people, but I'm talking about the history of the governments that were a part of Britain and what they did, not just to India, but what 
you know, Britain, Spain, France, Belgium, Russia, China. There's so many layers of colonialism that has affected us today, and it's still happening. You see what's going on with Russia, Ukraine, and how colonization is taking its effects. You see what the China is doing to different countries like Sri Lanka and the collapse of their economy by doing this Belt and Road Initiative and trying to construct different things in all Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. Africa and uh, South America and how all these places owe these countries billions of dollars and are indebted to them for what purpose, right? So colonization doesn't just exist in our history. It's happening in front of our eyes. And therefore, we're seeing this economy collapse. And I think... You know, we started off talking about entertainment somehow got <laughs> to colonization. Well, it was and- your short film, and um, that in, in your it was part of your it was part of your film school. It was part of my thesis, thesis film, short thesis. film, and so we talked about it. It was basically a trailer for a mini episodic series, and we talked about the history yeah. of colonization that okay. you know, spans you know, the globe, but then it goes back to, okay, why should we care? And that's because it's still happening in plain sight with modern colonialism. Oh and yeah. It's just packaged differently. It's just um, packaged differently. And yeah. it's, it's like, Hey, we're building a, a bridge. It's we're another, just, it's another market. We're building strategy. another train, just like how the British wanted to build a railroad system in India so that they can yeah. go around it. It's another and marketing strategy. That's all it's I It's another say. marketing strategy. You <laughs> see the collapse of economies happening because of it. And people don't realize, Oh, well, it's because they're indebted to this other industrial country that wants to build something there. Why do they want to build something there? Hey, wait, why does this airport not belong to this country anymore? Right. So it just goes back to that concept of how, knowing yourself knowing your roots knowing your surroundings is important to telling stories yeah which is the bottom line of what i do and yeah. what i want to do going further well i would love to keep talking to you but uh and and talk and because this is like what you're saying completely resonates with me but we are short on time so but before i go uh, before we go um what can you tell me and whoever's listening about your Bollywood debut later this year. So a lot of things were under wraps because of COVID. I was originally supposed to make my debut in 2020. And as you know, the global pandemic hit and affected millions uh, or hundreds of thousands of people. And because of that, things got backlogged. As you know, the filmmaking process is a big team building effort. And mm-hmm. we had people from different countries who were supposed to fly out and we were supposed to actually shoot and reconceive all of the schedules earlier this year. But then the Russia Ukraine war uh, mm-hmm. came out, Omicron came out. So it just seemed like bad timing. Mm-hmm. But for me, uh, what people perceive as bad timing is divine timing, because then we're going to be shooting um, my first project in Bollywood as an assistant director first by the end of this year. And then in my debut film, I'll be shooting that towards uh, July through August of next year. And it's perfect timing for me because I will have graduated from my Ph.D. So I will be debutante as Dr. Priyadarshini G. Roy. So I think it's all a blessing in disguise. And all, I feel like- all a blessing. And please keep us posted. Keep me posted. Keep, you know, obviously you will through social media when you can make those announcements because I know it's all NDAs and all of that. Confidential as of yes, now. Yes, I know, I know. 
but it's all great. But I'm so happy for you that, you know, all of this is happening. And of course, happy in the sense you're making it happen. So that's that, that whole process. Uh, but uh, before we go, uh, where can people find out more about you, your social, your website, all of that? Sure. You can find me on my website, priyadarshinigroy.com or find me across all social media or professional platforms using the same name, priyadarshinigroy. Perfect. Thank you so much. And it was such a pleasure and so, uh, so much fun talking to you. Same here, Sunil. Thank you so much for reaching out post our interactions and IFLA and for recognizing that I was different. I'm glad I left that lasting impression on you. And yes. therefore, we are here today and we will continue to grow from here. Absolutely. Well, you have a wonderful Sunday and uh, we'll reconnect soon, I'm sure. Yes. Thank you so much. And it was a pleasure being on your podcast, AC Movers and Shakers. Thank, and I hope you. that your audience also listens to me as the Ruckus Avenue Radio Correspondent.